0: Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Rolling right along here on the block on your Wednesday. Joined as we are every Wednesday by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, before we get into uh, some Husker-related topics, our last segment that the text line kind of went nuts for was athletes that looked weird in a different uniform. Who are some of those guys that you think of in, in one uniform, uh, that went somewhere else, and it was just weird to see him in a, a secondary, different uniform.
1: Oh wow, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, I think the the first one has to be Michael Jordan in a Wizards uniform, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the one that always comes to mind for me first. Um, boy, that's a that's a good question. I, I, there's so many in, in baseball too. I think where Albert Pujols ended up the last couple of years of his career. Um man you you putting me on the spot here to think of some other really good professional ones in the NBA too I mean I I'm, I'm a Spurs fan so the way that Tony Parker ended his career uh in Charlotte was always weird to me um yeah I don't know I wish I could give you some better answers off the top but uh it's it's definitely trippy when you see some iconic athlete in a different set of clothes
0: on the Spurs front, one that came mm-hmm. up was Pau Gasol, you know, from Memphis to the Lakers mm-hmm. to the Spurs. How how was that as a Spurs fan getting Pau to San Antonio?
1: Well, it was weird. And it was, if I recall, pretty well after his prime, too. So after doing battle with him for years, Spurs-Lakers, uh, to see him in a in black and, and silver was odd. I can't imagine that he liked it all that much either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it was I kind of forgot that he was even a spur now that you mentioned that, but um you know, it's just like it it kinda it's not what you're looking for after years of a great rivalry that they had.
0: Would it have been weirder to see Tim Duncan wear a different uniform or Greg Popovich coach somewhere else?
1: Oh man, Tim Duncan in a different uniform mm-hmm. for sure. He's he's my all time favorite player, and so like you know he he came into the league in 90 in the 97 draft and that was like right when i was uh, getting into middle school and so i, I was able to follow him essentially uh, the guy that i liked as a middle schooler into my 30s uh all with the same team their championship window was open for i mean what do you, what do you think 15 years or so uh, i mean they were they were always contenders so yeah that would have driven me crazy to see him end up somewhere else and it always you know, you think about sort of the the free agent world that professional sports is now. I always think of LeBron as mm-hmm. sort of the 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 guy who really put that to the test because there were a lot of Cavs fans until suddenly there were a lot of Heat fans, and so it really <laughs> forced you to to decide: am I am I a fan of the franchise or am I a fan of the player? And I'm just thankful I never had to make that decision with Tim Duncan. I mean, it was I think it would have felt like your parents divorcing and having to pick one. So I'm glad they stayed together.
0: Absolutely. We'll move on to some uh, Husker topics here, Evan. Uh, but we'll get to that after the, the Big Ten hires a new commissioner, Tony Petiti. And football is his focus. I mean, he helped create the BCS with ABC. Um, he helped CBS get NFL games. But what I'm fascinated by is the baseball part of his resume, where he helped launch the MLB network um, and also you know helped MLB expand, um, especially um, with youth internationally. Could this new commissioner be the guy that pushes more Big 10 teams to take baseball seriously?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting from the baseball side and and for obvious financial reasons that's probably down the list for most of the casual fans. But yeah, I mean, he, he like you mentioned, deputy uh deputy deputy commissioner uh of Major League Baseball behind Rob Manfred, innovative thinker, and you have to imagine the first time he fires up his uh, BTN plus subscription and watches, you know, Penn state, Michigan state and has to think, my goodness gracious, uh, we can, we can probably do a little bit better than what they're doing. Um, yeah. I mean, I would think you would, you would hopefully see a push toward an expansion of, of baseball coverage on the big 10 network, uh, as opposed to, you know, a replay of the the 1992 Ohio state, Michigan game or, 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 whatever, uh i would think that that sort of uh, forward thinking approach would be helpful and you think about how the league's going to change from the baseball side with the addition of USC and UCLA you're going to go to 15 teams and i know there's been a push from coaches to uh, add more league games you know right now you mm-hmm. play 8 opponents you'd miss 4 and so and it's a 13 team league i know they want to be more I think creative, efficient, maybe, about how they do that. Maybe they'll go to more of a pod scheduling like they did uh, during the 2021 league-only season. Uh, maybe you split it up into three divisions by geography. So I think having a guy uh, you know, in Petiti who, who has a history of thinking outside the box when it comes to baseball, when it comes to promoting that sport, uh, I imagine he'll have a say, and I think it'll be a welcome one, you know, again, among a group of coaches that certainly have wanted to push this thing forward, even if maybe the ADs and some of the schools have been slower to to help progress that sport.
0: I'm sure you're right in that it is down the list a little bit. You know, taking care of football and even, you know, basketball to some degree, I think will take precedence. But if you are going to expand the coverage of baseball from a Big Ten perspective, do you you know improve the the TV infrastructure to make the broadcast better first, or do you say, hey schools, prove to me that you're willing to invest in baseball? You know, get better facilities, um, go out and schedule tougher games, and then we'll you know that'll draw ratings into TV that we can focus on next.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think in a lot of situations the facilities actually are pretty good and. And you can go back to 2015, 2016, when uh, the Big Ten signed its first major television deal. And at some point, you run out of ways to spend money on football. And so you you did see it spill over into other sports. I mean, you look at some of the other baseball facilities, uh, maybe not the the game day fields, but some of the player development pieces, uh, the practice facilities, the indoor setups have vastly improved in the league in the last five or six years. And that's because of that money spillover, and for whatever reason, it hasn't always translated to the product. I mean, if you watch a BTN Plus game that's at Haymarket Park, it's pretty good quality. I would say it's the best quality that you get in the league. I think Michigan is decent. Northwestern is decent when it comes to their coverage. But, man, uh, you know, anybody who's tried to follow a game at Michigan State on what looks like a security CCTV camera or at Penn State, which almost looks like it has this kind of greenish hue to it, uh, there's absolutely a lot of room to improve. Uh, and, and maybe that is an investment in sort of the broadcast equipment and the broadcast side of things. Uh, and you give students a chance to to do it and, and to run cameras and things like that. So maybe that's part of it. I think they, the Big Ten is generally scheduled okay. Uh, their RPI doesn't always reflect that, certainly by the time they get into conference and you're fighting uphill against the cold weather uh, disadvantages that have long plagued Northern teams. Um, But, you know, I don't know that you're ever going to get to the point where you can generate major interest in, um, you know, Penn State baseball or uh, Rutgers baseball. I know they had a good year, but it's, 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 I, I don't know that that availability on TV necessarily will help, but it can't hurt. And if that's your goal is to draw in the casual fan, and to boost your own television network and, and 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 sort of the the notoriety of it, then I think it it does behoove you at least to offer some more games. You know, maybe treat it like volleyball, where not every mm-hmm. single match is broadcast, but you you're going to have a match on or two or two games or whatever on a on a given night, um, and it helps bring in casual fans and it helps promote the sport. Uh, and and again, it's I think it's a bad look when you have a big conference series or a couple big ones and you're replaying old football bowl games from 30 years ago like you can I think they can do better than that and and somebody uh you know with the background that the has I would imagine would come in and think the same
0: we're talking Husker baseball with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here on the block Evan you mentioned the RPI at the start of your last answer and one that might ding Nebraska a little bit losing for the second time this season to Omaha down in the 200s 240s I think it was get down 5 nothing, crawl back to tie the game before losing it in extra innings. Nebraska can't afford to drop too many more of these midweek games, can it?
1: Well, not if it's fancying itself an at-large team, no. I mean, you can't – typically, um, Nebraska and really any power conference team that wants to be considered for at-large, you got to be right around the top 40, give or take. Uh, that's sort of the, the warrior on the bubble, and so Nebraska – uh, like you said, got dinged again with another home loss to Omaha, which is way down there, and I think they dropped 15 spots or so from from maybe the low 80s to the mid 90s. And you know, not to say that you can't go on a run and and play yourself back into that conversation, uh, but you know, it, two home losses to Omaha hurt. The loss at Creighton hurts, uh, going 0-3 and one at San Diego to start the year. I think that's a program out there that uh, isn't as good as maybe it looked like it could have been uh, in mid February. So, you know, you're sort of reaching that point to where you you have to put all your focus on the league and and win those league weekends. If you're a regular season champ of the big 10, I think the odds are still awfully good that you'd be in that large team. Certainly if you win the conference championship, you get that automatic bid, but, you know, barring a big run here in the next, you know, four weeks by Nebraska, I just, I wonder um, you know what their what their at large resume can look like because they have a couple nice wins. Certainly, the Vanderbilt win uh, is far and away their best of the year. That's that's going to be something that keeps on giving. Uh, and they have a few other nice wins. The, the series win at Michigan was was helpful last weekend. But um, you know, again, like I, you have to take care of the the business in the midweeks. You can't lose to those teams that are really going to submarine your RPI. So while I, I would say that. Nebraska's at-large, chances are not totally gone. I think uh, at this point they do feel like more of a long shot after Tuesday.
0: You mentioned that Michigan series. Nebraska goes on the road to Ann Arbor, wins on Friday, and then wins on Sunday with what Will Bolt called the most complete performance or maybe the most complete performance by his team uh, so far this season. Let's go to the game they lost, though. Rough start from Jace Kaminska. Nebraska did battle back. Are you concerned at all about how Kaminska's looked recently, or do you think that's just a blip on the radar for him?
1: Well, I think in the bigger picture of his career, those those outings that he had uh, on Saturday would be few and far between. He has had a couple, like you mentioned, uh, you know, recently a little bit of command issues again, which hasn't really been something that he's struggled with a ton. And you look at his history at Wichita State, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of depth there, and so they often rode him hard, you know, over a hundred pitches, and that's oftentimes when he. Uh, came undone you know late late in his outings out there so I think if you're in Nebraska you know the, the best his best um, the best way to deploy him is to give him 80 to ninety five pitches maybe let him do what he can do over five or maybe six and so yeah you're probably a little concerned about the command just from the last couple of outings you, you hope he can figure that out as an older guy and as somebody who has designs on being a a professional player um, you know even as soon as this summer when he uh, you know we hope when he would hope to get drafted but um, yeah I, I think the, the whole idea of Nebraska having co-aces has probably taken a little bit of a hit to where Emmett Olsen has really risen up in the last couple of weeks certainly he did Friday uh, at Michigan and and Kaminska's probably settled into more of a true Saturday or number two guy um, but yeah I think as, as they especially continue to go through the league schedule here and try to finish strong uh, he's a guy in kamiiska who who will make a big difference in how far Nebraska can go the rest of the way
0: and it's you know not great for Nebraska to to have a guy in Kaminska struggling but if will Walsh pitches pitches like he has been like he did on Sunday that at least gives Nebraska a little bit more confidence that they don't have to win Friday Saturday to win a series right
1: yeah it's I mean it's not sort of the total question mark that it was the first month of the year and and you know it's it's their struggles are well documented there they've cycled through a number of different players freshmen former starters uh veteran transfers and none of them have really been able to stick and I think Walsh certainly did enough Sunday to give himself another chance this weekend and you know it, it's kind of hard to know what to make of Northwestern I mean they're the record is bad. Uh, they're they're objectively not a good team. But you look at even their their midweek game last night. They lose to Illinois, Chicago, twenty four to twenty. Ooh. So that's a team that can uh, you know still swing the bats a little bit. And so uh, I imagine there'll be a little bit of a test there. But yeah, I mean, it, it gives you a little bit more margin for error if you're Nebraska. They've started to find their place and their roles. I think with the bullpen, um, you know, last night's struggles notwithstanding, but. Um yeah, I think Walsh is if he can continue to settle in as that Sunday guy and give you four or five innings and, and give up a run or two, um, that's absolutely what Nebraska would be looking for given what they feel like their offense and defense are capable of.
0: So Northwestern not going to help the RPI all that much. For Nebraska to bump that up. I assume it comes down to the I one Maryland series, really. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean they're in a stretch right now where any loss hurts and, and a win doesn't really help you that much. And really like, this is the part of the year where you really are reminded, like, the benefits of playing in a warmer weather league with a better RPI. Because, you know, the first month of the year uh, when you're when you're traveling to these different locations, that's sort of when you build up your resume. And now you're in the part, uh, you know, like you mentioned, against a lot of teams that are struggling where it's hard to really improve your stock too much. You're just trying to, to tread water, which is why it's so important for Nebraska to win weekends just as a league contender, uh, more so than as an at-large, um, you know, uh, team that that it's aspiring toward in that regard. So, um, yeah, I, I think Iowa is, is the clear outlier there when when they travel there uh, in about a week. Maryland uh, continues to I think be one of the better teams in the Big Ten certainly, and 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 beyond that, it's been tough. I mean, Nebraska's last three league series at home, it should it's going to feel like a failure if they lose any of those games. Northwestern, Minnesota's not good. Uh, Penn State's been okay, but they're toward the bottom of the league too. So it's, it's sort of taking care of business mode for Nebraska. And, uh, you know, you have to stack wins and then kind of hope that the standings play into your favor at the end.
0: That's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald talking some Husker baseball with us. Evan, appreciate the work you do on the beat. Thanks for spending some time with us here on the block. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks, Austin. Once again, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us here on the block. Time for us to cross it over. We'll get strict back in here, see who's with us on Old School today when we cross it over next.